0: Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, December 6th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so today's Friday Gold Wrap podcast is brought to you from a sea of boxes. Yes, I finally made the move to our new place in northern Florida, I'm not going to lie. It's been an exhausting experience, and I'm pretty fried. Uh, I'm sure most of you know moving is not fun, and you know it tends to be filled with crisis after crisis. In fact, we almost didn't have a podcast today. Here, I'll give you a little bit of packing advice. If you stick your podcasting mic inside the bin of your shredder, make note of it. Label that, bad boy. Otherwise, you just might spend hours opening boxes looking for said mic in a mad panic. You see, that's the kind of solid advice you get here on the Friday Gold Rap Podcast. Okay, so gold. Well, it's been another up and down week based on the latest mutterings about the trade war from Donald Trump, but we are on track for a weekly gain right now. We started off Monday around 1464, and this morning we're trading above 1475. It was actually a bit higher than that earlier this morning, but we're seeing some sell off because Trump claimed trade talks are making progress. He said that they're moving right along. Eye roll. At this point, we are on pace for about a 0.7% gain in the price of gold this week. That would mark the second straight weekly gain if that holds up. The truth of the matter is there really isn't a lot of news to move gold and silver one way or another, at least not any news that the mainstream is paying much attention to. There actually was some pretty gloomy economic news that came out this week. Activity in the U.S. service sector slowed down in November according to the latest data from the Institute of Supply Management. The non-manufacturing PMI fell to 53.9 in November. That was down from 54.7 last month. And even bigger, yikes, the business activity sub-index plunged all the way down to 51.6 from 57 registered in October. The drop in the non-manufacturing PMI surprised analysts, but gold really didn't react a whole lot to that news. Meanwhile, U.S. private employers added the fewest jobs in six months in November. U.S. company payrolls rose by 67,000 last month, according to the ADP National Employment Report. The median forecast among economists polled by Reuters had called for a gain of about 140,000 jobs, with estimates ranging from 120,000 to 188,000, so yeah, a big, uh, big miss. It was the lowest monthly gain since May when just 46,000 jobs were created. May's dismal number was actually the fewest since 2010, and this continues a trend of decelerating job growth in the private sector that has taken hold this year. The Labor Department's jobs report comes out this morning, so we'll see what that has to say. It's kind of easy to be ho-hum about gold and silver right now. You know, we've dropped below $1,500 an ounce, and we've been floating in the 1450 to 1475 range for several weeks. Meanwhile, stocks have hit new record highs. But as I've said before, I think you need to keep your eye on the big picture. And by big picture, I mean things besides Trump's daily pontifications about a trade deal. As far as stocks go, what's driving them up? If you read the headlines, it's trade deal, trade deal, trade deal. But really, the trade deal is no big deal. Pun intended. When we actually have a trade deal, then it might matter. Until then, it's just speculation based on tweets. And that's a pretty silly long-term investment strategy, if you ask me. I mean, if you can play this, more power to you, but it's risky. And you know, I'm just not convinced that Every pronouncement about the trade deal is enough to push stocks to record highs. There has to be something else going on. But it's not earnings. They've been tepid at best. It's not economic fundamentals. They've been a mixed bag with a lot of warning signs. That leaves one thing. Our good friends at the Federal Reserve. That's what's been pushing stocks higher. Peter Schiff made this point during an interview on RT Boom Bust last week. There are a lot of things that should be causing stocks to drop, but only one thing making them rise the Fed. We've had three rate cuts. We're in the midst of quantitative easing. Shh, we're not calling it that, but we all know. Easy money is keeping the air in the bubble, for now. If you think back to this time last year, everybody was worried about rate hikes, right? Nobody is worried about rate hikes anymore. Rate hikes are off the table. The Fed has made it abundantly clear that the only direction rates can go is down. They're either going to stay the same, or they're going down. That's it. So, easy money is guaranteed. No rate hikes and money printing as far as the eye can see. That seems like a better explanation for the surging stock market than the latest ramblings on Trump's Twitter feed. Now, with all of this money printing, inflation is going to rear its ugly head. Well, Mike, you say, we've had more than a decade of money printing and we haven't seen inflation yet. You're just fear-mongering. The Keynesians and the MMT people are right. You can keep printing money forever because of the reasons. Okay, I get the skepticism. We've been conditioned by the last 10 years or so to think that this extraordinary monetary policy isn't inflationary. I mean, look at Japan, right? They've been on this path since the 90s. No inflation there. But I think people who just poo-poo inflation warnings are short-sighted. And yes, 10 to 20 years is a short timeline in the big scheme of things. They're ignoring centuries of history. Currency debasement coupled with inflation has been the rule, not the exception. The last few decades have made everybody complacent. So why haven't we seen it already? Well, there's a good reason that we haven't seen inflation, at least as the government measures it. I just released an It's Your Dime interview I did with economist Edward Stringham. We mostly talked about the Fed and discussed whether we even need a central bank manipulating our money. I'll link to that interview in the show notes page. Anyway, I asked Edward why we haven't seen a big surge in consumer prices. He pointed out that the Fed has actually incentivized banks to hold cash. In effect, the Fed pays banks to hold large cash reserves. Banks are incentivized not to make loans. As a result, a lot of the newly minted dollars never made it into the broader economy. And a lot of dollars are just sitting in bank vaults. Now, interestingly, one of the things that the Fed did when it started repo operations back in October was lower the interest rate it's paying banks to hold those Reserves. So we may well see some of that money start to work its way into the broader economy. Here's the thing though, despite what the talking heads on CNBC tell you, there has been increasing inflation. As Harris Kupperman pointed out in a recent article on Wall Street, there has actually been dramatic inflation over the last decade. It just hasn't shown up in the core consumer goods that the government uses as its inflation measuring stick. He wrote, When a country prints money, no one knows where in the economic ecosystem it will ultimately flow. If a resource is scarce, it tends to experience inflation. When it's artificially scarce, it has even more extreme inflation. Just think of where the money printing has ended up in this cycle. Bonds, central bank restricted supply by buying them. Stocks, PE, and buybacks have restricted supply. Gateway city residential housing, local municipalities have restricted supply. Medical costs, systemic dysfunction is restricted supply. Vintage wines, they aren't being produced anymore. College education, supply restricted again. I can go on and on, but you get the point, end quote. And of course, you know that the government cooks the inflation numbers to make it look like there's not much inflation. It's almost as if the political class realizes that you might get pissed if you realize that they are decreasing your purchasing power every single year on purpose. The government uses CPI, the Consumer Price Index. Of course, the government gets to pick and choose the things it wants to count in CPI, and it takes things out that really reveal the cost of living. Interestingly, technological advancements, reduced logistical costs, and excess liquidity have actually led to price deflation in food and energy, core components of the CPI index. So there is inflation and it's only a matter of time before the government's funny numbers can't hide it anymore. Kupperman wrote, no one is ready for inflation, but I believe it's coming. Maybe not today or next week, but there's a powder keg of monetary supply just waiting to be unleashed by governments who think that inflation can never happen again. At first, markets will cheer a bit of inflation and then they'll panic. Peter's been warning us about inflation for years. He talked about it at length in his most recent podcast. The scary thing is that the Fed has no intention of reining inflation in, even if it does rear its ugly head. Peter's been saying for years that the Fed would have to raise the inflation target because it could never maintain it without collapsing the economy. That's exactly what Powell and company are doing right now. They're talking about systemic inflation, meaning they'll let it run a little hot to make up for the years it was too low. And Powell flat out said he has no intention of raising rates even if inflation heats up. He said that it would take a really significant and persistent move up in inflation before the central bank considers rate hikes. That's when Kupperman's panic sets in. Now, all of this is good news for gold. In fact, Bloomberg Intelligence just put out a report saying gold is poised to join the all-time highs club in the upcoming decade. I'll link to that in the show notes page. Now, keep in mind, despite the sideways trading over the last several weeks, gold is still up about 15% on the year. Now, if you want to get more detailed information on how all of this might impact gold and your personal investment portfolio, I recommend that you call a SHIFT Gold Precious metal Specialist today at 1-888-GOLD-160. They can help you understand better how all of this might play out. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. Make sure you check out the new It's Your Dime interview with economist Edward Stringham, where we talk about the Federal Reserve. And also, we just released a revised and updated report on the student loan mess, gambling with your future. You'll want to download that. Check it out. It has the latest statistics on the massive student loan debt. I'll link to that in the show notes page as well. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for all this stuff on the show notes page. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Next week, no more see boxes. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next time.